Hello, hello. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week. That means I'm here with my good friend and co-founder, Nick Bugs, and we are coming fresh off of the Nashville Film Festival. And so we thought it'd be great this week to talk about how to make the most out of your festival run in three separate areas. One, if you have a feature film or doing a feature film premiere. Two, if you're networking and three, how to best brand and market yourself. Of course, there's also good advice on if you're doing all three of those at once. So please enjoy this conversation, this tactical conversation, if you will, on this week's Indie Talk. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It Podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Chris Barkley here with you. And another episode of Indie Talk is upon us, co-hosted by my co-founder and very good friend, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello, everybody in this fictitious podcast land. Sometimes I wonder, dude, like, do you think that's a place? Like, yeah, everybody listening goes there to listen to this podcast. Mm hmm. Yeah, it it is a place. It's called uh, Apple Podcast. It's called <laughs> Spotify. It's called Stitcher. It's called SoundCloud. <laughs> so like, so yeah, that's that's where we all go in in podcast land. Hey, hello, podcast people. Do, they, yeah. do people look different in podcast land? Like when you cross over, you know, through the void or whatever it is you get through to get into podcast land, do you change? Like you're, you're like your avatar now. <laughs> Cross the <laughs> cross the void. <laughs> you know, into this I, new dimension. <laughs> here's here's what I learned about alternative universes many many years ago back on MySpace, and it happened when my good homie Jay Lane at the time uh, was on MySpace. And you're right, he looked totally different on MySpace than he did in real life. <laughs> 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 on MySpace, he was college educated, made $75,000 a year, was a, was a loving father. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Was all so, like, yes. like, was all kinds of, like, he was a totally different dude. And then in real life, I was like, oh, okay. This is, yeah. this is like earth land. And then that's like, <laughs> like MySpace land. Right. <laughs> and then we've got podcast land. I like it. Mm -hmm. Along with Instagram land and Twitter land. In Twitter land, you get to be tougher than you really are. That's what I like. Like people, yeah, yes. people get on Twitter and they're like really, never. they're, they're extra ghetto and violent and they don't, they don't give two fucks. But in real life, you know, they're soft, soft as cotton candy. <laughs> I like that sauce is <laughs> cotton candy. As soon as you step into Twitter land, all hell breaks loose. Hell yeah. 
Very good. Well, I like it in podcast land. It seems calm and nice here. Everybody who comes to join us is, you know, always on the up and up. They're ready to listen, you know, ready to give us some feedback. It's It's a nice place to be. So I like podcast land. Yeah, I like podcast land, too, because people come into podcast land to learn. And today they will not be shortchanged. So. Uh, as some of you know, um, we just came out of the uh, wonderful uh, Nashville Film Festival, the 50th anniversary of the Nashville Film Festival. It's been around since 1969, and it's really grown into something special. Um, it was a little bit different. It had a different vibe this year. It was um, there's new leadership, uh, new people at the top, I think will be. Uh, deeply involved in the panels based on some conversations that I had involved in a lot of the um, special events going forward. Um, Hopefully that comes to fruition in a meaningful way for the 51st Nashville uh, film festival. Uh, But, uh, but I think they held us together. I mean, there's, you know, this, these type of things are like herding cats. It is so difficult to put on a festival that lasts 10 plus days that has parties and celebrities and special features and uh, performances and, and an ongoing you know VIP tent that you have to maintain and information and it's just a million things to do. And I thought it, I thought they they pulled it. It was different. It was different, but but they pulled it together uh, in the end pretty well. So the the spending time at the festival over the last week and a half, it really made me think about. Um, you know, what is the best use of your time at a festival? Like if you're going to go to a festival with a film, if you're going without a film, maybe you're going with a service that you want to provide or something that you do and you want to be deeper within a film community, regardless of what festival you go to in any state across uh, the world, you know, what is the best use of your time? How do you get the most out of a festival? And you know, having gone to so many uh, between me and you, Nick, and and actually having, you know, four film premieres there at, at different festivals and and obviously having a service to provide with our advisory producing um, services, um, we've kind of worn all these hats. And um, I think three macros come out of, of there, there are three ambitious macros. There may be more, but I've, I've sort of narrowed it down to um, the feature premiere networking and branding and marketing. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about how to get the most out of a festival in any of those uh, unique scenarios. Um, Do you have any extra ones you want to add, Nick, or are those three, do they seem on point? Yeah, those, those are good, man. I think all the other ones are likely born out of those three. So we'll probably touch on a couple others, but those at a macro level, I think, make sense for any and every film festival that, you know, a filmmaker or, you know, someone who might find themselves in the cast and crew uh, could take advantage of. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and when you talk about the best case scenario to fit at a festival, you're really talking about having a film, having your work to show off. The reason we go to festivals, the reason why they are they are uh, valid and and desired and and um, something we all pursue is because as artists we need feedback from both our peers and the general public on the quality of our work. 
And, and while those none of those opinions are definitive and none of those opinions should necessarily sway you from either continuing on in your career or not, uh, we need it. As artists, we need that feedback. We all want it. I want it. Nick wants it. We all want it. And so I think the best way to go to a festival is with a film in hand that's going to do its premiere at that particular festival because um, you have the opportunity to see what you're made of and, and even potentially sort of, quote unquote, take over the festival uh, from uh, certain standpoints, right? Being the independent film that, that's knocking it dead at the festival. Um, and so the first thing you want to do once, I, I think to me, like, like, okay, you've been, you've submitted your film, your film got accepted, you have a screening time. I think the obvious first step for most people is, well, let's take to social media and let's let all of our friends and family know what the date and time is. I think it's a great idea. But I also don't think if you want to get the most out of the festival, I cannot live and die just on uh, posts on Instagram and Facebook alone. Uh, I don't think Twitter is effective. Snapchat could be effective if your demographic um, fits that. So, for example, we met two filmmakers um, this past week that were seven that are 17 years old and made a feature film for the festival and got and made it, which I thought was amazing. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking and then working with them more. Their crowd actually might respond to Snapchat posts. But I think in general, you want to go Instagram and you want to go Facebook. But I think you also want to go one step further. So if you have any contingency funds in your budget for your feature film, why not spend about $5 a day on Instagram and let's say, Nick, $10 a day on Facebook for two weeks before your premiere date at the festival on ads on Instagram and Facebook. So instead of just posting, also run ads. So the cool thing about Instagram and Facebook too is now when you run an ad to them, they also run it as a story. So you don't even have to duplicate your efforts. It'll run as an Instagram or Facebook story. Then it'll also run as a post in the feed. And if you're spending that amount of day and you target your audience to the people, let's say, that are local to the festival. So when you build your ad, you're not building your ad so people in California and people in Wisconsin and people in Minnesota can see your, your premiere date. Just wherever your festival is, just nail those people. Do ages, you know, 18. Don't go below 18 because they probably can't get into the festival or won't have the money to go. So 18, maybe even 20. So 20 to 55 or 20 to 65 is perfect. Run those ads. And now you're going to guarantee a sellout on the front end. Um, I, I would also add in there, you know, instead of buying a bunch of T-shirts or hats or a party as, as a, for your crew after post, save that money and buy merch for people who come to your premiere. So just on Instagram, on Facebook, in your post, mention, hey, the first you know, 200 people to come will get a special gift. Don't say what the gift is because that takes all the hook away. So you have to say, you'll get a special gift. First 200, be there early to get the special gift and you'll be sure to sell out. Nick, do you know why it's important to sell out your, your first screening 
at a festival. <laughs> Maybe so you can get another screening. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> now that's crazy. Now you must have done this before. Hey, once or twice, my friend, once or twice. Yeah. So you get extra screenings and you get more and more opportunities for more and more eyes to see you. And you just take the process I just described and just repeat it. Um, Nick, what do you, uh, what do you think the best sort of special gift is? And, and uh, why don't you bless everybody with the story of, of the special gift we gave at the premiere of our film, Another Version of You, which will be out on November 26th through Gravitas Ventures, which is the week of Black Friday. Yeah, it is. Um, the best one, I, I can't say, right? That's a difficult one. Um, the main thing is that you stay within the theme of your film, uh, so it's something that is memorable. Like that's, that's the idea. Something that's memorable, something that connects with uh, the film in a way that, you know, every time they see it, they don't just remember the name, but they remember maybe a feeling that the film tried to have them feel or a place or some sort of artifact from the film that really makes sense and, and brings everything home. So there's some thought to it, right? So like t-shirts can work, hats can work, uh, but those, you know, don't necessarily take any thought, right? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily uh, tie directly to your film. You know, a lot of t-shirts are out there. People got t-shirts in their closet they haven't seen in 15 years, right? Um, so you got to come up with a, with some sort of artifact that really ties into the story and, you know, with another version of you, you know, that film is about alternate universes and being able to pass through these alternate universes uh, with a magic key. And that's what we did. You know, we gave away these magic keys. Uh, you know, did they allow you to pass into alternate universes? Hey, the people that have them, you're going to have to ask them. Uh, but we gave out, you know, several hundred of those keys and, you know, to this day, when we see people in and around, you know, Nashville, you know, people still have them on their keychains. You know, That's this true. is something, yeah, this is something they're going to feel every time they touch their keys. They're going to see it every time they take their keys out. Uh, it's something that people talk about, you know, like, you know, what is that key that you have there? Oh, it's from this story that's about this. And I got it at this place. Uh, it's just, it brings you back to the moment. It brings you back to the experience and that's the type of thing that you want to give out. So whatever it is that's tied in, I mean, it could be as simple as a drawing. Uh, if one of the characters, let's say there's a small child in your movie that drew a picture of something. Well, you know, you could have something as simple as that drawing as an artifact of that film um, that would be able to carry uh, that message, that feeling with people. Who knows? But again, just make sure you're tying it into the theme of your film. And I think you've, you've got a, a good artifact to hand to people. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like um, the whole theory we talked about before, which is, you know, what is a um, I can't remember who originated this. I think it might be Ryan Holiday. Maybe it's Ryan. I can't remember who. But um, or no, Derek Seavers, uh, where it's like, OK, what's a four star experience? OK, now let's let's and you're, and you're in a workshop. You're in a brainstorming session with your filmmakers and producers. Okay, what's a five-star experience? What's a six-star experience? What's a seven? And you just keep going until you can't have any more ideas. So I think very simply, like a four-star experience, well, a three-star experience is they come to a movie that they paid for and they watch a great movie. A four-star experience is they paid for a movie, they came to it, the movie was great, and they got a T-shirt. 
um, a five-star experience is uh, they came to a movie that they paid for. The movie was great. They got a T-shirt and a hat. Uh, a six-star experience might be that they paid for a movie or no, it might be that they didn't pay for the movie, saw a movie that they loved, got a hat, got a T-shirt. You see what I mean? And you just keep going and you think about like all the different ways you can mix up an experience and make sure that everybody that goes there has this memorable touch um, because you get kind of one shot at this premiere thing, right? And so it's all about um, engagement and, and something we love, which is guerrilla marketing. Because um, you could get into a lot of the little technical pieces too, which is, there's a will there be voting on the film? If so, make sure that you have someone on your team can be an EP, like an executive producer, can be an advisory producer, can be a producer producer, can be a cast member. Have someone that that's going around and like making sure everyone's voting their highest number for your film, right? So let's say, God forbid, you got in, but people hated hated your movie, and having that person will keep you from getting a two, and you'll get a three. Just having someone suggest something is so powerful. And there are lots of books and texts and videos about the power of suggestion. It is a real thing, folks. Like having someone just suggest that you vote five in a one out of five scale, their likelihood of voting five is high because of the social pressure of them standing there kind of watching you do it, right? Um, You know, have someone... Uh, that's dedicated for taking videos and photos throughout the process. It's a great idea. We already do it on set. Like we already hire a set photographer to get stills. Why not hire another photographer to be a videographer or photographer for your entire uh, premiere um, experience? One, you'll have, you know, you know, have great photos um, uh, to use on your website. Otherwise, but you also have like days and days and days worth of, and maybe weeks worth of photos for uh, further promo of your film and for social media posts in general. Um, is there any other um, guerrilla marketing touches Nick, that, that you would throw in there too? Well, here, I think it's just, you said earlier engaged. And to me, this whole, the, the part about your feature film at a festival isn't for people to watch your film. It's for people to be engaged with your art. So, guerrilla marketing, all of these ideas have to come out of engagement with your art. Um, and sometimes engagement with your art has to do with the engagement with the themes of your story. You know, if one of the themes is, let's say, uh, cancer, fighting cancer, beating cancer, cancer research, well, you can also have artifacts that talk about fighting cancer, right? Or, or cancer research pamphlets that go along with your film. There's a lot of ways to create engagement um, just, you know, that go beyond this, the title of your film or even your name. So you got to think about how to get people engaged with your work. That's what you talk about with the voting. You know, people are actually engaging with your film. They're taking right. an action of some sort uh, and not just being passive, you know, watchers of the film, but they're going to actively do something, which is why, you know, things like uh, taking pictures, you know, so if you're going to bring a photographer, that's awesome. You know, do that, but also pose for pictures with other people and ask them to post it to their social accounts. You know, have them engage your film and show other people that they're engaging. Uh, you talked about the voting uh, for the film festival. Well, I'm a big fan of having people vote on IMDb. 
So that same person that's walking around and saying, hey, vote, you know, one through five scale for the film festival, you have to remember who your audience is there. And the audience from, from at film festivals is uh, filmmakers and people who are supporters and cheerleaders of filmmakers. So there's a very high likelihood that every last one of those people has IMDb on their phone. So if they can rate and or review your film right there, that's another plus for you. You know, anywhere they can do that, they can engage your film is back to, I think, one of the things you'll talk about probably later, uh, basically just touch points, Mm -hmm. right? That's another touch point that they are actually having with your film. So as much engagement as you can get, I think that's really the key when you're showing a product. Uh, It's not just watching what you've done. It's being a part of it. Yeah. And I think at the heart of this entire talk track is just that I think that most filmmakers have a film premiere that on its surface is going to be a three or four star experience for their audience and for themselves, frankly. When it when it's actually not too many levels above in difficulty to have a 10 star experience like like a like a, a double up of your experience like um, one thing that I took notes on years ago Nick is just how awkward the Q&A is uh, once your film plays and um, how things can go wrong during the playing of your film and it's so easy to adjust for those errors um, so if you know what to do so for example your movie is going to sound different with a room full of people than it sounds with just a few people in the room doing a sound check before your film actually plays. And what happens with a room full of people is that those people are moving, they're opening candy, they're digging in popcorn bags, they're slurping from soda, they're checking their phones, they're whispering in each other's ear, hey, what, what did he just say? What did, they, what, what did I miss? Like things like all that's happening. So there's all this like noise between what you're trying to convey on screen and get to your audience's eyes and ears and hearts. Right. And so if, when you're doing your sound check, I think it's critical to make friends with the person screening your movie. Like don't just look at them as like a 16 year old working at a theater, like try to befriend them, try to try to let, like be honest with them. Like, Hey, this is my big chance. This is my premiere of my film. I will only get one shot at this. I really want it to be great. I want to make sure everyone can hear my movie. So whatever you settle on as sort of a QC process for sound, go ahead and ask that individual to crank it up 10% more. And that will ensure that your movie plays at the right loudness once the crowd is there. So that one little request makes a world of difference in the experience for yourself and for others in the film, uh, watching the film. And then the other thing is, if you're doing a premiere, you're almost certainly going to get a Q&A at a festival afterwards. Um, sometimes what happens is no one wants to be the first person to ask a filmmaker a question, even if they love the movie. And therefore, you have this really awkward, really quiet Q&A where all the pressure is on the presenter to, um, to ask the questions. I've only seen one Q&A host. Uh, at one festival and, um, gosh, what was the festival? It was a, it was a horror festival and he was incredible. Like he, he didn't need the audience. He was the show. Um, 
but not everybody has that type of extroversion, you know? And so, um, it can be really bad. It can be, it can border on bad and awkward. So my advice, and I think Nikki would agree is come prepared with some set answers to questions you kind of know you're going to get. Like the question I heard, I've heard it probably every single Q and a I've attended is what was your inspiration for this movie? Like, it's just, it's like standard issue, you know? So have a really good answer for that and don't stumble over that. Um, I would even suggest maybe having one or two ringers on your team in the audience to get the Q and a started, to get it rolling. As long as someone's in the crowd that asked the first question, everyone else will get engaged. And a lot of times your answer will provide the, the, the runway for the next question anyway. So you can really boost your experience just by doing a few little things that are extra, having someone on your team, um, looking for uh, the reactions of the audience as your film is happening. Someone taking photos and video, having a good idea around a good hook around the concept of your movie and how it can be given to the audience. Uh, a la Nick's uh, key story from another version of you uh, providing that next level experience, raising the star level of the experience, you know, every, every time you go. And, and I think the end result of that is you'll have multiple screenings, you'll sell out all the screenings and you'll have a nice little runway for distribution and a little bit of a buzz about your film as well. And, uh, Oh, and don't underestimate the value of a couple of paid ads on Instagram, Facebook, and perhaps sound uh, Snapchat as, as well. So that's number one macro, which is, you know, how to approach your feature premiere. Number two macro is networking. So a lot of people, Nick, they come to film festivals. They don't have a film, but they want people to know who they are. They want to be invested in a particular group. They want to be invested in the film community, wherever that festival is. And they come to the festival to network and networking is, is, Something that's almost cliche, but it's really, it's not difficult, but I think people who don't do it well or don't do it a lot or are not adept to it, um, it can be a, a real challenge uh, for sure. Um, what, what do you think about the value of networking at a festival and, and how to go about it, Nick? Yeah, I think it's another way to create engagement you know, around whether it's like you mentioned, your feature film or some other service that you provide, you know, people are engaging with you. And as I always say that you are your brand. So, you know, networking is about relationships. I always say it's about relationships, not the Rolodex, uh, because it's not about how many people you can talk to or how many business cards you can grab. Uh, it's really about the relationships that you're building. And most of these festivals you know, go for several days. Some of them go for weeks, you know, up to two weeks long. So you have the opportunity to actually create relationships with people, you know, just by having real conversations, uh, you know, have a conversation with someone uh, that you're actually interested in, you know, or that you're, you want to find more about, right. It's not about you in the conversation. Really. It's more about the other person. And when you're talking to them, you'll identify, uh, synergies or opportunities to cross pollinate your works. Um, there'll be, you know, and sometimes there won't be, you know, sometimes you'll start talking to someone and it's just not a good fit. 
you know, so, but, but you'll learn more about that as you're talking to the other person about what they do and who they are and what they're interested in. Uh, so that should really be the focus of that networking conversation is that you want to create friendships. You want to create relationships from which other opportunities may come. Uh, because I think that's the the key thing for filmmakers to realize is that that person that you're talking to may not have anything for you, uh, but a good friend who knows other people and that can connect you to other people uh, that could be potentially twice as valuable. So, so yeah, it's really about the relationship building, having good conversations with real people, uh, being a real person, uh, you know, not faking the funk. You're not coming there mm-hmm. with an air about you or, or anything, but just, just being real. And I think that's, that's really the key to, to networking at one of these events. Yeah. I love that. And I, you know, you definitely, the idea is to make a friend, not a business contact. Um, and that means you might have to get into some conversations that take an hour and let, and let things play out and be natural. Um, but let's get a little tactical, Nick. How about we get a little tactical? Because some people will say, well, that's all fine and dandy, but where I'm terrible is actually knowing who to talk to and actually sparking a conversation with them without them rejecting me or like just 100% like turning their back on me or thinking I'm a weirdo. Um, in, in, in film, people can be eccentric and no one's going to actually, I've never seen someone get their back turned on before. So that's not reality. But what does sometimes happen, you mentioned earlier, like it's not a good fit. People kind of tolerate the conversation and you can tell it wasn't working out and they leave. But in terms of just a tactic on how to get into the conversation, two things have worked really well for me historically. One, acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. One. Two, honest, um, what, what I would call uh, asking for help. So sort of like, like falling on the sword kind of thing. Um, maybe there's a better term for it. Um, uh, an, an open reveal of yourself. How about that? So that'll be number two. So number one, acts of kindness. So for example, if there's a group of people and you've done your research and you kind of know who they are, hopefully, if, you've, if you're serious about networking, or you've been kind of unintentionally overhearing the conversation and it sounds like something you need to be a part of and people you need to meet, uh, you know, look over at them. Are they drinking something? Right. Are their cups empty? Uh, if they're not drinking anything, just, uh, go to the VIP line, pick up some Pinot Noir (laughs) from the, from, from, from the, from the, uh, from the bar and just bring it over to them. Just bring it over to them. Say, Hey, I was in the line. I saw you guys didn't have anything, Thought I'd bring this to you. They will be absolutely floored by that. Even if they don't drink Pinot, <laughs> they will be floored by that act of kindness. If their cups are empty, it's even easier. You just walk over to them and say, Hey, what were you guys drinking? The line seems pretty long. I can go get it for you. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Hey, that's what I do. I'm Chris Barkley. <laughs> nice to meet you. This is what I do, whatever. And, and certainly have your own talk track around it. But, but an act of kindness is, is so, 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 so powerful. Hey, real quick. So do you actually follow up with the act of kindness or you just tell them that you're going to do it? And then they were like, <laughs> like, Oh, Hey, that was so cool. Like, yeah, I'm Chris and this is what I do. And then you engage in conversation and they never remember. <laughs> you actually, so yeah, if you don't follow up with the act of kindness, then you actually violate rule number two, which is the open reveal. 
So, so it's like, <laughs> so then you, you violate that. So you have to follow through with it. Um, you know, like for me, I kind of already understand that like, I'm going to spend a little bit of extra cash on lunches, drinks, coffees for people. There's always food trucks at these festivals. You know, somebody's hungry, like, Hey, come with me. Um, I'm, I'm hungry. You don't have to say like, just be as simple as, um, I'm about to get a bite to eat. Um, you want to come with me on, on the house, right? Like doing those kind of things, those, those acts of kindness uh, are super duper powerful. Um, um, it happened a lot this weekend. Uh, people were open and willing to like give away their, their closing night party tickets for someone who wasn't able to get a ticket in time before it sold out. Um, people willing to let people use their badges. Um, in order to get into the tent, if they weren't going to be in the tent and they were going to watch a movie, those are the kind of things that allow you to create community with people quickly and, and develop speed of trust that you can't get through almost any other means, except for maybe defending someone's honor in a fist fight, right? Like, like an act of kindness is freaking powerful. Uh, buying someone's way into a movie. If, if someone's in front of you in a coffee line, making sure the barista knows that that coffee's on you. And then instantly you're in that conversation and then you can do what it is you do, which leads me to point number two, the open reveal. In the open reveal, once your act of kindness happens, it's important not to use puffery. I think, I think when you're trying to network and you're trying to go long game, which all networking should be long game relationship building, it's, it's even better kind of to start under where you are, like under sell where you really are and and have a talk track. That's kind of like, well, just to be honest, you know, I'm working really hard as a filmmaker. I'm a writer director. Um, I've, I've put some things together, but I, you know, what I really need is guidance for someone who's been there. And now, you know, full well that maybe the person you're talking to has been there, but that person's going to be deeply compelled to help you because people want to help other people. And people with expertise want to share expertise with other people for the most part, right? Um, so step one, an act of kindness. Step two, open reveal, undersell yourself, be super humble, ask for help in whatever it is you're trying to do. And you'll be surprised what kind of feedback you get from people and the kind of leads and connections you're able to make when you're not trying to sell them something, but you're trying to get them to give you advice. Um, yeah, I think, I think the saying is if you want uh, money, um, ask for advice. And if you want advice, ask for money. So, yeah. <laughs> so there, yeah, you go. I think that's, that's held true for, for us over the past couple of years too. Uh, but yeah, I think that another one that, you know, we can add to the list is, you know, if you're, if you've actually seen someone else's work, uh, at the festival, or you know that they're attached to a certain piece of work, then it's an easy icebreaker, right? It's an easy opening statement to say, hey, I just saw your film, or hey, I'm planning to see your film. And you just it's gonna, you know, make their ears perk up and their eyes widen um, just by recognizing them as the artist, the artist that they are. So if you have that opportunity, take it. It's an open door to a conversation. One hundred percent. I love it. Thank you. And um, couldn't, couldn't agree more. The, th the third macro is going to kind of feel like an overlap of networking, but it's not. 
And it's important not to conflate those two things. And there's another conflation people make that I'll talk about when I get into it. But some people go and have a service like Bonsai has a service for branding and marketing that we have. And certainly the myriad of other things we do under the auspices of advisory producing and executive producing. But there are plenty of people at the film festival that um, do weddings, that do photography services, that are DPs and are looking to be attached to a film who do sound mixing, who do Foley, which usually folds into sound mixing, but you get what I'm saying. Editing, you have a service to provide. Um, maybe, maybe you've created an app. So some people come to these festivals to brand and market themselves. And the interesting thing about it is, is when you're at a place in person, the same marketing rules are true uh, in person as they are online or through like an online medium or on TV or uh, OTT or whatever. Right. So the rule is, you know, you want someone to see your brand seven times and then they'll remember you. And so the same thing is true when you're in person. So when you go to the festival, you have to try to kind of figure out. And by the way, Nick, I don't know why it's always seven, seven streams of income, seven touches, seven digits of phone number, like, Seven, there's something about seven in the human brain that we haven't, that we haven't figured out yet. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's, there's more examples too. And seven yeah. is my favorite number. So, yeah. yeah. yeah the seven habits. Isn't that the seven habits? Yeah. Isn't that the book? Yeah. By, a highly affected people. Yeah. Like it's always seven. What's the, I don't, what the hell? Um, anyway. So. <laughs> is it always seven or is yeah. it always five? Hmm. <laughs> or th- like, well, we like couple, we like grouping in threes too. We, we've even we've even done this on this podcast right here. Yeah. We, gr- we grouped into threes, and then we took that three and grouped it into another three for each topic. Ha! So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but the idea is you want people to see you seven times. So you got to figure out how to get people to touch your brand seven times. And the thing people conflate a lot is branding with marketing as the same thing. They're not the same thing. The brand is almost like the noun. It's like what you are. It's you, as Nick said earlier. And then the marketing is the activities that complement and exploit the brand. So it's like the verb. And those activities can be a lot of things, right? Like, so you can have a film that people can watch. And then hopefully the film actually compliments your brand because I, I say actually not to be snarky, but we have seen where someone says, well, my brand is X, Y, Z. And then we say, yeah, but none of your work is. So then that's your conflicting messaging, your branding right there. Uh, anyway, um, you know who does branding really well? Um, Daisy Dukes films. Like they are so in their horror lane and weird movie lane. Like then they never get out of it anyway. Uh, quick shout out to them. Um, so, so maybe you have a film, maybe you make a postcard and, and put it out on the table for people to see a little marketing piece. Maybe you create a poster and then put it up on a wall. Your business card will be four, right? Maybe you invite everybody out to a post, uh, VIP tent party. Maybe you invite them to a post VIP cocktail, uh, crawl. Um, so there are all these like 
different ways. Maybe you create merch, something really unique. Again, a three-star experience would be a t-shirt. Four-star experience would be a t-shirt and a hat. Five-star experience would be a t-shirt hat and a QR code that takes them to somewhere virtual or augmented reality. Or maybe that's even a seven, eight-star experience, how Snapchat prices things. But um, but you get what I'm saying, Nick, right? Like these seven touches are, are critical. Yeah, they are. And I think this, this, this last piece, you know, it ties into the first two in that at, at a film festival, if you want to have truly a successful film festival experience, then you have to be a proactive filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Right. That's I think that's the key to all of these threads is that you have to be proactive about every engagement that you have, whether it's the engagement in the VIP in the engagement in outside the VIP engagement in the theater engagement in the Q and a, you really do have to think about all of these things as marketing. Uh, and in order to think about all of these pieces as marketing, you have to think about everything with respect to the brand uh, of you and the brand of your film. So if you've got that locked down as well as Daisy Dukes does, uh, then you know what you're trying to say. And yeah. then with the marketing, you say, okay, how, which mechanisms do I use to get this message across? And you can do that in so many different ways, uh, but you have to be proactive about it. You got to plan for it. Uh, you got to pay for it, right? You get a lot of these things, flyers, hats, <laughs> t-shirts, whatever it is, you got to pay for it. Um, and then you got to get it out there to people. So, so yeah, the branding and marketing is something that's going to happen. Um, should be happening well before you get there. And you should now, once you get there, that's when you execute your plan. So, you know, we talked about all sorts of things that you can do, but the one thing that I would like to emphasize is that you shouldn't just do when you get there, right? Don't fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, you should have a plan, uh, of attack before you get there so that you can implement that plan while you're there. So you can distribute flyers in the right spot. Uh, you can give them to the right people. Uh, you can hand your business cards out to the right people. You know, not everyone needs your business card. If you're just passing them out, you know, it's kind of like supply and demand to a degree. You know, you, if you're the person who's just passing a bunch of cards out, you lessen the value of those cards and lessen the value of your brand. Uh, so have a plan. Uh, before you get there, uh, make sure your brand, you, you are aware of what your brand is, which is, again, going to tell you what kind of message you want to put out there and then implement that marketing plan when you get to the festival. Yeah, exactly. I think that's an interesting concept, too, because people get business cards to pass business cards out. But if you if you if the business card doesn't have a connection to your brand, you just handed someone a piece of paper that they're never going to look at again. That's right. And it's it's literally a loss. Like you literally just opened your window and tossed a quarter out. Right. And then you just keep tossing quarters out the window (laughs) into your driveway or whatever. Right. Like, like that's what you're doing. And so uh, one of the things I've been doing recently is, is I will have a five business card rule, meaning I will not bring um, more than five business cards to any social event in my pocket. Um. And so there's a cap, there's a limit. So that tells that, that teaches me too to be disciplined. Like, okay, I can only give out five of these over the next three hours. So it needs to be to the right people and people who are really going to use it. 
And then the other thing I have is this line. And this actually is one of these things where you, where you use integrative thinking to combine a bunch of different concepts into one networking, empathy, open reveal, uh, a, a, do a kindness, um, and then be on brand. So I'll say this thing like, Hey, I know this is corny in 2019, but I do have my business cards with me. Um, and I would be a fool not to give it to someone like you. And so you just start with that. And now it's like, you've actually given someone a card, but you've connected your card to their idea of you. Yeah. And I think that that totally makes sense. And I think with the five business card rule, I think it's a fair one uh, because if we get back to the networking piece of this, we talked about, it's about relationships, uh, not about business contacts, right? The business contact may grow out of the relationship. Um, but how do you create these relationships? You create them through meaningful conversations. So if you think about, you know, when you're going to one of these events and you're hanging out, how many meaningful conversations can you really have in a two to three hour time frame? Uh, and it's probably not that many. So five business cards will likely suffice for the number of real meaningful conversations that you're going to have. Yeah, 100% um, agree. So just a quick review. This was a great conversation. I love these talks, Nick. Um, how to get the most out of your festival run, whether you're doing a feature premiere, whether you're there for networking, branding and marketing, or the hat trick, the trifecta. If you're there to do all of them, this uh, will be your go save and bookmark this or both. Those are the same thing. Uh, bookmark this, <laughs> this, this podcast, this conversation. It, it will help you organize your thoughts around how to pull off the best festival run of your life for the premiere of your film or your services or your ability to network successfully. Um, Nick, anything else before uh, we wrap? Yeah, I'll say I think one of the things, a common thread for us in working with filmmakers is that you know, our goal has always been to connect the business with the creative. Yep. Um, so I'll say that, you know, for this conversation, um, you, you don't get to be successful. You don't get to make it uh, by being awesome at the creative and neglecting everything else. Right. So what we talked about with the film festivals is that it's not just about a quality film that you put on but it's about being proactive with the relationships, your branding, your marketing, um, and your, and the engagement that people have with your brand. So you don't get to get out there and just have a film in the festival and then just walk away. Mm -hmm. Like that's not going to work. You have to focus on those things as well. So the creative is important. It is the keystone. It is the foundation of everything that a filmmaker is. Um, but you know, a house that just has, has a foundation. It really isn't a house, right? A, a, yeah. a bridge that has, just has a keystone is not a bridge. So like you, you really have to bring all these things um, to bear if you really want to make it in the industry. So yeah. So do the creative, do it well, uh, but focus on these other things as well that are going to really uh, you know, help you with your career and help those projects, you know, get seen and sold. Yeah. Perfect. A perfect way to, to cap this conversation. I want to thank everyone that I talked to, uh, that I know, uh, at the Nashville film festival over the last 12 days. 
uh, everyone uh, that I met that's new. Thank you. Uh, the experience was wonderful. Looking forward to it again next year and, and Bonsai having a, a, a even bigger role in the actual festival. Um, so much fun was had, so many things to learn and um, cannot wait to do this again next year. So with that, Nick, it's always a blast. I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, my dude. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. And I love uh, having these chats and, you know, talking to the people out there in podcast land. Absolutely. Podcast land. Podcast land. Please support us. If you uh, like what you're hearing, you know what to do. Uh, subscribe, rate, tell a friend, open their phone for them. Pull, pull a guerrilla marketing and open the phone for them. Navigate to their podcast app. Find Make It by searching Make It Bonsai Creative and then click the subscribe button for them. That helps them, that helps you, that helps us, and that shows a lot of love. And again, shout out to the people that are running the Nashville Film Festival for another great festival, another great year. Nick, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man, take it easy. All right, brother, peace. Later. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects and social media feeds, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash make it. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. If you do that, the show will pop right up. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.